We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good everybody, welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus. At Nick Deus 10, as you can find me. At Mr. George Carmona, where you can find me. We are. Penn State. Let's go. You already knew I was ready for it, baby. I have a few family members that went to Penn State. They go to the whiteout game every year. It's a, That's a bucket list item for me. I got to make it. So my parents went to Penn State, Ohio State, when they had that block kick return oof this was i want to say barkley was still there i could be wrong it wasn't yeah it was in a it wasn't in a championship game no 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 it was was a a regular regular season season game but it was a whiteout game and my mom and dad went my invite got lost in the mail i didn't get i didn't get the call up for that that's tough but it was (laughs) come on bro passionate football fan i am but i do shit on college football a lot you do. You, College you sports don't in general. I'm not. I'm not into it. But I, I, I went to a D3 school in Buffalo. Yeah. You know, so I didn't get that experience of a D1 school. So maybe that's why my. I told you where I'm going to take you. Like, yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. to go to a Rose Bowl, yeah. and that'll change your perspective on college football. That's pageantry at its finest. For sure, dude. For sure. And also, I've I've said I'm an adopted LSU Tigers fan because in New York City, every bar that you see. Mm-hmm is one of two things. It's a team-specific bar. So anytime the Packers play, anytime the Bills will play, Seahawks, you could go there and it's the New York City fan club of that bar and that team, I should say. And then it's also a alumni bar. Mm. So one of my favorite bars in the city, Legends Bar, it's in between 5th and 6th Avenue. It's like three blocks from the Garden. Told the story many times, so you'll understand where my fandom of LSU <laughs> happens. We were leaving MSG. It's a Saturday night, and we went to a Rangers game. And there's six or seven of my buddies and I, and we're walking down, and we just see hundreds of people outside, decked out in LSU year. Like, Yo, let's go to this bar. We go in, and it's halftime of them playing. 
I think they were playing Dak Prescott and Mississippi State at the mm. time. So this is 2013. No, this had to be 2014 because Odell was already on the Giants. Got you. And it was that year where Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they were both one and two at some point. Early on. And yeah, yeah. They were still, they were top, they were both top five. And there was a bachelor party in New York from Ole Miss. And they had the cowbell. Yep. <clears throat> and they were saying to us, you have to root for, for LSU. We're all rooting for LSU because they wanted Mississippi State to lose so that they could, they could be, you know, the cream of the crop. And dude, ever since then, they had the LSU alumni band members in the back. They gave us Mardi Gras beads. Yes. And it was crazy. Every So I'm a Saints fan. Okay. Never been to Mercedes-Benz Superdome or now the Caesars Superdome. Wow. But I've seen the Saints play at <clears throat> Arlington, the, the old Cowboys stadium. Uh, and I've seen the Saints play in Atlanta, Georgia. So, like, the Saints playing in Georgia was probably the closest I ever got to it. Bro. I mean, same fans. I, it's, it's like such a loving, fun shit talk. I, the amount of shit talking. But it's, like, respectful. Respectful Southern just shit talking. You love it. Like, I, that's LSU versus Bama or LSU versus Florida is, is, a, is a bucket list game for me. In both locations, like when you see that many people on TV cheering for one team, it does something for me. And Penn State, man, this is a little Micah Parsons jersey. All the good players at Penn State uh, or defense players wear 11, all the hitters. So It's like the LSU 7. Yep. <clears throat> yep. If you wear the 7 in LSU, you got to be a dog. Yep. You can't be no jobber. You got to get shit done. Dude, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you before we get into like our main segment with free agency starting next week. Mm -hmm. But Byron Jones had some interesting comments. He just retired from, it, it appears that he's going to retire. I mean, all indications right. point to it. I'm not sure if he signed. Apparently, there's a legal document you have to sign that announces that. that kind Your of, official retirement? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I was talking to Will Blackman a couple of weeks ago when... Uh, J.J. Watt said, I, I haven't signed no papers yet, but he's like, I guarantee you I'm not playing again. Yeah. Um, so Byron Jones sends out a warning to NFL players how he talks about how they shouldn't take the pills. They shouldn't take the injections that they offer them. You should consult an outside doctor that isn't with the team. He kind of says a lot of things that maybe to someone like me, it's not a surprise. Because I've got to know a lot of players. I've studied the league for so long. And I'm also not naive to it. Right. Like I've heard the stories. I've interacted with a bunch of them, like I mentioned. And he can't run or jump because of the injuries he sustained from the game. How do you feel about his comments? Well, I think it, it highlights 100% that people need to realize it's separate. It's separate in the fact that when you are an athlete, and that is your profession, you should always be seeking multiple different opinions when it comes to anything medical-related. I now, think, I used, and to add to that, I think for, for anything. Correct. Not just medical. So you always want extra opinions, right? Because, well, for me, I'm just going to highlight the body part. Right, right, right. Like, if you aren't paying for extra recovery that the team doesn't provide, I think you are going to be a worse player. I think I see this most in my life right now. 
with UFC fighters at the UFC PI. Um, Cause you got to think about it. That's an individualized sport, but they're all given a team or a facility doctor and instructor and trainer. But the people that really succeed in all of these sports are the people that are going to expert help outside the sport. You look at Alex Guerrero with the whole Tom Brady situation. And why, the, why was that such a big controversy? When I was watching that and I was in high school and I was a big like, you got to do this for the team. You know what I mean? Like if you are causing any pain and strife that is highlighting the team in a bad sense, you're being a bad teammate. Thus, you aren't like, I, I didn't like you. You know what I mean? No matter how good of a player you were. But the older I get and the more I realize that you need multiple opinions, especially if you have the money to do so, which a lot of these guys can afford that. Um, and, and this goes for even people at the college level and college kids, if you're hearing this, you need to seek outside physical therapy, outside strength training, outside recovery. That's how people get into the NFL. That's that. So if you're not doing that and you're playing college ball, you're getting left behind. I have no issues with his comments whatsoever. I just think, uh, I think it's a highlighting factor that he is out. Like, I don't think he's going to come back and play in the end. I mean, he had a great run. You know what I mean? But a torn Achilles for that position, dude. I mean, it's, it's tough enough right now for me watching KD coming back off of multiple torn Achilles and ah no no I think that's a bad I think that's a, I hear what you're saying but I think it's a bad comp because I was also I was also in the minority when he got hurt and he was third and he was north of 30 and people were saying it's the end of KD we won't see the same KD I think we might have even seen a better KD since he came back because his game wasn't built and it isn't built off explosiveness is it a part of his game yeah but it's not the main thing that makes right. him great Zion his explosiveness is what Correct. separates him. Uh, Westbrook was the same way. Mm -hmm. John Wall, when you're that high, high pace, I'm going 120 and a 60 every time. Yeah. When that goes, that's why Tim Duncan played in the NBA for as long as he did. And he was the same speed. Paul Pierce, same speed. Like True. they played Mr. Fundamentals. He was corny. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't cool. He wasn't Garnett. Right. Why'd he play longer at a high level than Garnett? Like, tail end of Garnett, he wasn't the same guy. Duncan was in the finals in his last season. 100%. Or, or close to it. So, KD wasn't a guy who was built off explosiveness. It, it is a huge part of his game, but it's not the main thing. And he's such a prolific scorer. He's such a great shooter. And right. His, his, like, uh, his wingspan and his size and how he creates his shot is so wild. So I don't think it's comparable, but you're right. For a corner coming off an Achilles. Oh, dude, that's your that's, entire, yeah, you're T-stepping, you're, you're driving on anything. Um, if I was going to say there's one team that may, like, bring something out of them, uh, and they do this to a lot of players late in their career, but the Patriots. Uh, it could be like a, a veteran-type presence for that secondary. Matt Patricia would find a way to use him. But I mean, if he can't run or jump, I mean, not saying that he isn't physical. I would imagine a guy who's been playing sports his whole life. He's probably pretty close to some of those things, mm -hmm. but that's the only team that I'm like, possibly I can see repurposing him. 
They, they repurpose a lot of damaged goods out there in New England. You know who I respect a ton? Do you remember Chris Borland? I do not. So he was the linebacker who, when Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman were no longer those guys, and yeah. Patrick Willis, another guy who retired early, Luke Keekley, another guy who retired early, <clears throat> my boy Andrew Luck. Bro, you weren't going to meet a bigger Andrew Luck stand than I was, like, all those years. <laughs> Dude, I, he was the truth. And I still think he'd be a top-five quarterback in the league. But Chris Borland had a rookie season. I think he made the all-rookie team, borderline all-pro, stepped in for Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, and they didn't miss a beat with him over there. And 23 years old, he just retires. He's like, football, it's given me everything I've wanted, but... I don't think it's a good game. I don't think it's a safe game. I don't think it's the right game for anyone to be playing. Mm -hmm. And he left the game early. I, I have a problem sometimes when I hear some of these comments, like from Byron Jones, when you've already cashed. Mm. You've made over $54 million in your career. Whereas like Borland left on a rookie contract. And he was a fifth or sixth round pick. So he was making like half a million dollars. Still a ton, a ton of money Yeah, for, for the average Joe. But I'm a little, I don't, I hear what he's saying and I get it. And also maybe because for me, it's not something that is ever a surprise to me because of my experiences with that, with these athletes in the NFL. Yeah. But for you to come out and, and you're kind of pushing away kids who want to live out the same dream that you want to. That's where it kind of, it's like, why are you, you know, when someone leaves in free agency or like when you break up with someone and you like immediately you're shitting on your ex. Yeah. It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> it's not a good look. Man. It's not a good look. And with him, a lot of these players, bro, just do what they're told and they don't ever really make decisions for themselves. Do you think that also plays into, from a... A percentage. How how many? What's the percentage of players in the league you think actually love playing football? Because okay. Richard Sherman came out a couple of years ago and he said he hates football, mm -hmm. but it's given him the platform and he's he's right. made him successful. But he doesn't like football, and right. I found that really interesting. What percentage would you say? Okay. I don't think there's a right answer, but I just want to get your no. Thoughts. I I do think it's the right answer. I, I think if we can find the amount of special teams players uh, that are playing football right now, I think they love football. Like if you're kicking footballs in the NFL, you love football. Or if you're a you're a if, gunner, if you love football, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You know, you know, you're going to be utilized five times, and you're going to make more than either one of us will this year. Yeah, <laughs> like you're going to be completely fine with yourself. Um, I think for everybody else. The position that I feel like they hate football the most is offensive line. I think offensive linemen, based on just what my brothers told me playing college ball, it's just, it, it doesn't sound like it gets any better, if I'm going to be honest. You know what I mean? Those m vicious collisions hundreds of times a day, even when the, the lights and te television isn't on, you know what I mean? Like, that shit sucks. But... You know, it's... You're also like a sitting duck. You, when you're a left tackle, I mean, I they they should be by far the most highest paid position on the field. Uh, next to quarterback, left tackle should be next. For, for the most part, it is too. And uh, yeah. For now, the now, it's that, become, now it's become wide receiver. It's like quarterback, is, wide receiver. Don't, uh, that is just, they'll, they'll find their place eventually. Mm. 
teams will realize that they're, you know, they'll cost dollar cost average. Well, now, now <laughs> success, especially with the Chiefs winning. Yep. They lost their $30 million wide receiver. Yep. Copycat league. Teams are going to look at that and say, maybe it's not. Yeah. A, yeah. a guy we're going to mention teams. in a little bit, Michael Thomas. Oh, I can't he, wait. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. From, from your Saints. So, yeah, man. Byron Jones, though, his, 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 his comments were, like, the timing of it was weird. Because now it's with the combine coming up and all, all these kids have these big dreams and aspirations to help their families and to live out their dreams for you to come out and say that. But, again, I mean, you have to respect his decision without question. Yeah. And also, if, if that's the case, we don't know all the details as far as the treatment. For, but for him to say at 29 years old, he can't run and, and jump and do all these things. Remember, this is a dude who, he became a viral sensation for him jumping over. He had the longest broad jump in NFL yeah. history at the Combine. Mm-hmm. It cleared, I think it was like two. It was like six feet or six yards. Yeah. Total. Like. It was something outrageous. Yes. Like 13 and a half feet or something. It, it, was, it was nuts. I mean, absolute stud. I, it's. But that is just one of the worst injuries. Like a torn Achilles. And I, I know it's been a year and stuff, but we can't act like there aren't bad surgeries sometimes or like when things don't fully get right, repaired. We don't know what the side effects he were. He could have gotten that surgery, gunned it way too fast. Mm. And now he set himself back because he doesn't have that foundation. Um, but I'm not a doctor. And I feel... He's frustrated because it's taken him this long in his career to really realize like, oh, I got to start doing some research on my own health and looking out for myself. But, you know, maybe it's just like a good warning sign to the to the newbies coming in or even the old heads to be like, hey, we can talk about this, you know, like we can be open about how our team doctor isn't the only consensus that we have when making big decisions. So he's he's. Going to retire. All indications point to him retiring. Another guy who's kind of on the fence about possibly retiring is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He just had his darkness retreat. Ooh. Where would yours be? If you could Ooh. vanish for, what was it, four days he did? It, Correct. It, 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 he ended up going for two. Okay. It was, it was slated for four. <clears throat> Let's say it's Thursday afternoon. Yep. And you want to disappear until Monday morning for work. Where, where, where are you going? Complete escape. So, no cell phone. No whatever this darkness retreat would be. So there's a, a big part of me that would like to be in a, in a tree house. I so know you, this you sounds... Wanna, no, but you want to be in the woods. I want to be like in the elements. I want... I, although it says like, si- like darkness, it doesn't mean silence. Mm. Like I think I need that ambience of like wind blowing. Like a log cabin... Somewhere, like, let's keep it close, like, just in case I I fucking puss out, right? Like, we'll keep it in <laughs> Mount Charleston. And uh, it actually sounds like heaven. I actually tried to pitch it to the guys at work saying, hey, like, I want to do this for, like, a, a video experiment um, where I do the darkness retreat. Realistically, I was just trying to get days off of work, you know, like. I was just like, let's just do this for the scientific purpose. Let's record some me. content so <laughs> we're not, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't seem like a vacation, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it got shot down, and I was like, ah, whatever. I'm going to save that, though. Like, yeah, yeah, whenever, like, I desperately need to, <clears throat> to get some paid time off, <laughs> I got to do this darkness retreat. And then you just use some content, so you got something out of it, too, if you're like, back at work. I, you don't know how bad I need that sleep. Like, I need those 
those hours. Like, I would sleep probably for two whole days straight. I would be cool mm. with that. So that's what you would do? 100%. In the woods? In the I, woods. I was going to say in the woods, probably somewhere upstate New York, where you, you got to leave. Uh, one of my buddies, Impy, who, who used to come on the show often, he, uh, he had a, he has a summer house in Roscoe, New York, which is upstate New York. It's probably two and a half hours away from the city. Bro, this whole town, you have no service on your phone. Oh, fuck. Like, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> like, you have to, from his crib, it's probably from, from the wind to Sticky Paws. Yep. Is how far the town is where it's the shopping <laughs> oh center God, and yeah. the gym. You have to literally leave his crib to go into town to use your cell phone. I'm not bullshit. This is a real story. I'm going to get him <laughs> to come on the show so he can reiterate. And Roscoe Definitely not is where Hard Knocks, when the Jets were on Hard Knocks, the diner that they went to to negotiate Darrell Revis's contract is one of the diners that's in the town. Oh, my God. So you had, bro, on everything. You had no service at his crib. You had to go. So we would take turns, go to the supermarket, go get beers, go get food, whatever. We would have to bring our phones and just call our parents and be like, hey, you know, we were young. We were like 19, 20. I would still call my mom. Oh my Hey, mom, good. All limbs dude. are intact. I'll call you tomorrow. We got no service here. But that's a that's a darkness retreat, dude. But I got to be in the woods. I need to be in the woods, isolated. That's what I would do. And that would uh, apparently tell us whether or not we should come back and win another MVP, you know? Yeah. You know, it's... is So, so what, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers at this point of his career? Do you... It, he's have, so funny. Um, but I, I, I have one take... Very hot take that my uncle gave me. He went on a darkness retreat. The Raiders have that point in their in their stadium called the black hole. Right. So Aaron Rodgers went to the black hole. Do you see the connection now? I do. A-Rod has been telling us subconsciously. Because he's, he's one of those guys that's like, let me, th since everybody thinks I'm this... Uh, you know, intellectual being now. I have to I have to make all these plays that are like hidden and secretive. But this one wasn't that secretive, but it was creative. He's gonna be a Las Vegas Raider. Oh, so you're you're just going because out because he went to the black hole. I mean, the Raiders have to so you have to the thing that sucks about Rogers is that you have to trade to get him. Correct. And He's a big cap hit because you're going to inherit that contract. I don't think Green Bay cuts him because if they cut him, then he has the pick of the litter. And then you also, I think they're liable for about $20 million of his contract, maybe even more if they cut him. So you're probably going to have to trade for him. We know Devontae Adams is here. The Raiders, the Raiders have a pretty, I'd say an above average roster. They have an exceptional offense. Yes. Needs some work on the offensive line without question. Their defense played a lot better than I thought it was last year. Yeah. But they did lose a lot of games by one score, which was my biggest talking point for the Raiders last season. And is the one thing that I hope everyone listening takes away from this show. Always. If you have an insane season because of a one score record, the following year, it's not going to happen. I tell you right now, Vikings under the win total next year. Ooh. I don't even think they get to 500. Dude, best. When I hear the best season ever at whatever, mm -hmm. 
I'm taking the under the next year. <laughs> it's just hard for you. They went 12 and 0 in one score games. Yeah. Unheard of. It's never going to happen of. again. It's never going to happen again. And year in, year out, I sound like a broken record, but it's very important because it, it kind of eliminated the New York Giants. Giants had a, it, it was the Eagles, the Giants, and the Vikings, the three best records. I think combined, they lost four games by one score. And then they all had, you know, Giants had eight wins, Eagles had nine wins. The only pushback in a positive way for the Giants is that they'll still be playing a third place schedule next year. Oftentimes, like the Vikings are going to play a first place schedule. The Eagles are going to play a first place schedule. That's something that's going to be very important for when you're handicapping division winners, win totals next season. Definitely. So the Raiders last year, they have an amazing record. Two years ago, they have an amazing record in one score games. And then last year, they lost all their, their games by one score. Mm -hmm. So how bad were the Raiders last year? I don't think their record shows how good they are. Right. So Rodgers to go there, I think it's the only play that they have also. Where are you going to go? With Stidham? Um, there was, uh, I mean, Matt Ryan. I think. Uh, At that point, bro, you keep Carr. Like, what I, are we doing? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, you know, I've, I've also thought Jimmy G. Jimmy G makes sense in the, the Josh McDaniels tree. You know, he's coming back. and But that's not what the. Here's I, didn't, the thing. I didn't think about Josh McDaniels with Jimmy G. Okay. So, yeah, I mean. I Josh, like it a lot more than when you first said Jimmy G. And then when you said Josh McDaniels, I liked it a little bit more. But still, like, bro, to me. And again, it's easier said than done. But if I'm going to let go of a guy, what are my other options? And if my other option is the same, like when, when the Colts got rid of Carson Wentz to get Matt Ryan, dude, how much of an improvement was it going to be? Not at all. I now, mean, if you're getting rid of, if you're getting rid of Derek Carr and you bring in Aaron Rodgers, I'm for it. If you were to, you know, get rid of Derek Carr and you're bringing in Jalen Hurts, I'm for it. But if you're just going to bring in... That's the big-time play, though. Like, it, it would be dumb for the Raiders to not explore the options on how we can possibly make this happen because they, you know, I think Mark Davis is very much so in the camp that, hey, if Brady was willing to leave where he called home for so long to go to a flashy place, right? Like, Tampa's awesome. Vegas is, I would say, better than Tampa. and. You know, I, I could see him riding out his days here. And it would uh, make me very, very happy because my uncle's got season tickets and I would get to see Rodgers play live, which I've I, that's a bucket list. We got to do it before it's too late. I don't think he retires. Mm. I really don't. Like, I just think he was, he, he's too good, man. Like, he really found a rhythm with nobody's last year. He was at, frustrated. At the, end, at the end, he was starting to find a rhythm. Yeah. But he but he was like happy in the process. Yeah. He was definitely happier last year than Tom Brady was. Yeah. I mean, Brady also had the off-field stuff where yeah. he lost his whole family to get shellacked in the first round. Yeah. And remember how many times he would just come off the sideline? He was like, like just yelling at his offensive line. And bro. they just were checked out. We're, I'm so sorry. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Dude, the All segment. Right. The segment I want to talk to you about is. We're going to have a lot of guys that are going to get cut over the next couple of days leading into free agency next week. And a lot of these guys are going to be cap casualties that they're going to get cut because it's just a cap hit. It's not that they're not productive. And you're going to see some of these names. You're going to say to yourself, dude, they put up a thousand yards. They had monster seasons. They, they were a key catalyst to us winning a Super Bowl in, in, in one situation. But it's a massive cap hit and teams have to save money. So I have a couple of names here. We'll go back and forth. With every name, though, George, I want you to tell me if you think they'll get cut. Mm-hmm. If you say yes, where would you want them to go? Excellent. All okay. right. I'm ready for and it. And we have a list of players from, from all positions. Jameis Winston. I love that you start with this. Because Jameis Winston is going to be a New Orleans Saint next year. He's not going anywhere. The reason being is we've we've had unfortunate injury luck, but there was a person that I met. Uh, he played running back for the Buccaneers um, when Jameis was quarterback. That year that he went 30 for 30, the running back's name was Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber told me that Jameis Winston is the smartest football player that he's ever been around. And I mean, Peyton Barber has been in the league now for seven years, left college early to go to the league. So, I mean, he's seen a good deal of quarterbacks and he's been a little bit of a journeyman. I mean, that holds weight for me as a Saints fan. And I used to, like last year, I was pretty upset, like seeing how we utilized him or how we specifically didn't utilize him. And we allowed Andy Dalton to play. I think it was strategic in the sense that Jameis Winston is still very much so a 30-touchdown-a-year quarterback. He just needs to have a healthy season. I don't think that the, and I know this, it would be the cap hit, right? This, that's why we're going down this list. For him, it isn't as dramatic as some of the other people that I feel we're, we're about to list. I think he comes in at around like $15 million that he would be uh, cap hitting the Saints. And the Saints have a lot of, 
Yeah, and hold on. Let's let's Baggage. also let's also factor this too. Fifteen million dollars for a quarterback, a starting quarterback, and bro, is he not the best quarterback in the division if he was to come back now? We don't know who's at Tampa. It's Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. You got and Sam Darnold and come on, bro. I know, I know. You said come on, but like, I mean, like he's I, with a little bit of what he showed last year. We should give him a little more no, weight. No, 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 no. We've seen what enough. We've seen enough. Okay, especially okay. in Carolina. So I, hey, I respectfully let's... disagree. But I'm saying Winston for 15 million is not terrible. It's not terrible at all, and that's why the Saints like have you know structured it the way they have, and they didn't play him at all last year to really solidify that we can reuse him. Um, and he, clearly, he's not the Saints' only option. Mm. Um, and if that was our plan last year, let's just keep it rolling. We got to fix a lot of other things, the Saints, around that position. But I think at quarterback, like, we're pretty stacked. Mm. I mean, at any given time, we could have Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, or Taysom Hill back there. It's not like the worst three that you can have. Definitely better than Desmond Ritter and uh, Sam Darn, I guess. Easily. Kyle Trask. He learned from Brady, though. Yeah, but I mean, so did you Jacoby Brissett, and you so did uh, Ryan Mallett. Like these that guys, these guys horrible example. bro. <laughs> Ryan Mallett, dude, he has one of the craziest draft stories ever. So he, the Panthers had the number one pick that year, mm -hmm. and he showed up. He showed up to his like pre-draft interview. I think he was like hammered. Showed up. And didn't he miss it was the year he, the year he was coming out he was coming out he, he missed met, a plane ride he once. met he met with the team that had the number one pick and he showed up hammered and they were like we can't give you the keys to the franchise you're the starting <laughs> quarterback you heard what uh Deion Sanders said earlier this week about the kids that he recruits yeah he's like I oh, want the quarterback great. it was hilarious it's so true quarterbacks it's he wants he wants from two two parent homes with a 3.5 GPA. Yeah. He's like, if you're a defensive end, he's like, single mom. That's the mindset I want. Struggle. Everything's been a struggle. Yeah. Like that's that that's the kind of mindset and player that I want. And it Ryan. was going, it was going all over. It was viral. It was yes. people were commenting yes. on it. It was crazy. What do you think of Frank Clark? So Frank Clark now is third all time in playoff sacks. Mm. Man. January Frank Clark. Apparently, it's a real it's, thing. They got shit on. Kansas City got shit on when they gave him that contract. Because and it's, what, hovering around 20 it was, it was It was like over a $100 million contract they gave him. But in the entirety of that contract, it's been on this five-year run that they've been on. Right. Actually, four-year run because, let's not forget, the first year that he was a starter, Mahomes, they also could have went to the Super Bowl if D4 doesn't line up on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It, they're in that entire Chiefs run, right? But it, it's the it, same it's, run. It's within that five-year window for the Chiefs. They so, made the right move though, because you need that type of dog. Because he, he, although he shines in the postseason, right? When I tell you he's one of the most, one of my favorite role players when it comes to D line, like really helping set people up. He can set an edge really well. It's not always about making the tackle, but he makes football look. Easy. Yeah. And so that's why I can see the Chiefs, uh, you know, paying him what they paid him. So if they cut him, mm -hmm. 
$21 million they saved. And you saw what they were able to do when they saved $30 million, how they replaced the Tyree Kill right. money. And they gave it to Juju and MVS, and a couple of defensive players. Now, the question with Frank Clark is, is it worth that much money for a guy to be kind of mid during the regular season, but then be playoff Frank Clark? Like we had the KC Sports Network guys. They were here for the AFC title game week. So they recorded a bunch of content and then they, we did a live watch along with them when they were playing the Bengals. And they were just gushing over Frank Clark. <laughs> BJ, uh, BJ shots to him. He was like, dude, this is a real thing. Like playoff Frank Clark. And now, now, look, I'm a big football fan, but off the top of my head, I didn't, this is a real thing, Frank Clark in the play. And then I went and I looked and I was like, oh, shit. Even, yeah. even his time in Seattle, it's like, bro, when the lights get brightest, he turns it up. So, but is that worth it for $21 million a year for you to just show up when it matters most? No. Um, but he, he's kind of in a golden spot proving that it's not out of the realm for a team to pay him that. Now, I think the Chiefs, you know, you could be losing like that legendary lore, right? But I think it's the same thing with Tyreek where it's just like, hey, like, let's prove to ourselves we can cut the fat and keep winning. If they do cut him, I'm a fan of him uh, getting paid possibly by the Houston Texans. Maybe he takes a little bit less. He's a little older in his career. But the Houston Texans with D'Amico Ryans, it could be, you know... A lot of these defensive players that will go down the list, I feel the Texans are going to make plays at all of them. Mm. Like, I think the Texans next year the money, yeah. are going to be the most stacked defense you've ever seen. It could come from Frank Clark if you can get him at a discount. If not, you know, he could go back to where he started his career with Seattle. A return home, yeah. They could use them too. It's just, it's a fascinating conversation when it comes to you paying a guy that much money, but he only produces the biggest stages, which is usually when you want to, why you do pay someone. Yeah. You want him in the big stages to deliver, and he does. But then for 15, 16 games, he's yeah. not as, he's not as, as good. Go ahead. Joe Mixon. Okay. They got to start paying people. They and do. And it starts right away. It's T. Higgins is on the books. Yep. You got Jamar Chase's looming. He's going to be north of 30. Yes. T. Higgins is probably going to be north of 20. Or if he leaves, he could definitely get, someone's going to pay him 25, 30 million. Oh, for sure. So, and I don't believe in the hometown discount. Like, bro, I'm from Astoria, Queens. They don't have a football team. <laughs> so if I got drafted by the Miami Dolphins, they're not my hometown. Right. I'm going to chase the bag. A hundred Just telling you the truth. As a, If I was a professional athlete, I'm going where I can make the most money. So, Joe Mixon, you said. Yeah. They would he's, save, he's got a... They would save $7 million. He is one of the highest paid running backs in the league, but his cap hit is only $7 million. And I think he's still a hell of a running back. He's very important for what they do. However... When you think of the Bengals, you think the wide receivers and uh, Joe Burrow. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But 
I think the running game plays a huge factor, but Samaj P. Ryan can take that load, bring in somebody else. Let's get rid of Mixon, right? But let's put Mixon on a team like the Ravens. Now, this is a thing that you rarely see. I mean, where you see that inner division uh, trades or inner conference trades. But if my the way things play out in my head, I think Lamar stays with with the Ravens and they're able to give him a weapon like Joe Mixon, I think that is an interesting team dichotomy because Mixon is a workhorse. He, I mean, obviously gets outshined by how cool Joe Burr is and then obviously how, you know, insane that receiving core. But, I mean, Mixon, even that uh, Oklahoma dude, like he's been a... Adrian, I, my my one comparison player is Adrian Peterson. I just don't think he gets the touches that AP got. But I think very similar styles. I like that call for him to go to Baltimore. I don't know how likely it would be. He would have to sign there as a free agent. I don't think you ever trade in the vision. I think it's very rare that you see that. Yeah. It's a very rare situation that you have happen. But... We're talking about the pass offense for them. Tyler Boyd is another guy. They could save $9 million by cutting him. And he's, he's on the final year of his contract. They could save $9 million. Do you write it out one more time? Do you, do you, if you're the Bengals, how about this question? And it kind of factors into what we're talking about with Boyd and with Mixon and then with the contracts looming. If you're Cincinnati, do you look at your roster right now and you say to yourself, man, we're right there. We're the only team in the league that don't give a damn about the Chiefs. We'll go into Kansas City. We're not afraid of Mahomes. We're not afraid of the Chiefs. We're not afraid of Arrowhead. We were calling it Burrowhead. Every time we play them, it's been a three-point game. Every single time that they played each other, we don't fear them. Do we, since we're the only team that can go toe-to-toe with them, do we run it back one more year before we got to pay Burrow $50 million? Right. We got to pay Chase thirty. Here's and it, it okay. You may that, see it. Sorry, that factors into what you do with Mixon and Boyd. Yeah, and the craziest thing about the Bengals is they did everything with a discount offensive line. Like those dudes that were playing offensive line for the Bengals at the end of the season, it was it's terrifying. That was the only thing everyone was always wondering. Like, oh my God, is there any way that Joe Burrow can get protected? Not the case, right? Because if they cannot pay that offensive line for another year or two and really develop them, they can pay all their studs. And I love that the the coach is what he's really doing. Like Zach Taylor, low key, if I'm going to, you know, make a, a, what I want him to be, I, I see like Sean McVay a little bit in him. Like in the way he he's comes, able he to. He comes from that tree too. But just the way he develops his team and the way that they are all are so confident in in their abilities, man, like the Bengals are going to be good regardless of who they have out there as long as Zach Taylor is at the coach. He's had a a massive, he's done a massive 180. Mm. Because people were saying he's the reason why they're not going to be successful. And then they go to the Super Bowl and they were still discrediting him, saying it was Burrow. You didn't have nothing to do with it. But then when you get back to the AFC title game, 
Bro, you know how hard it is to tell 30-year-olds to do something? Like, that are getting paid, like, four times as much as you? Like, the, it, it's so commendable. Yeah. The way some of these coaches can, without having to motivate their players, motivate them. And he does a phenomenal job. And you're also not that much older than them, too. Literally. Yeah, no, he he's probably, like, low 40s. 40s, yep. 41, maybe. Yep. So it's not as Pete Carroll where he's 70 and he's he's old <laughs> enough to be your grandpa for some of these guys. It's a little Facts. bit it's a little bit different. Facts. This one's going to hit home for you. All right. Michael Thomas. I can't wait to cut him. <laughs> no, no, no. Yo, I, no. Yo, truthfully though, and and you'd be perfect to ask this because you're a fan. Weirdest weirdest career a wide receiver has had. Uh and if, what I what I mean by that is he comes into the NFL and he's breaking all these records. He's he's Larry Fitzgerald 2.0. Scores a touchdown, ball to the referee, doesn't showboat, doesn't do anything, doesn't call out his teammates, nothing. He'll have four catches, doesn't bitch and moan, nothing at all. They pay him $100 million, then the fuckery starts. Yes. And I know he's been injured a little bit, but it's, it's also, man, Drew Brees was holding me back. It's like, bro, Drew Brees couldn't throw 20 yards. That's why you were catching all these passes. Yes. And we, so that was a disservice that we did to him that last year with Brees. I, I was upset as a Saints fan because... Yeah, in those years prior, you're just like, my God, this we found our stud. We found our Jerry Rice of sorts, right, for the Saints. But, man, there's something about $100 million, Nick, and hanging out with Drake. If you make $100 million, you hang out with Drake, your career is, is headed to a place where you don't want it. The only player that's exactly the exact same as what you're saying and it has a wilder career is Antonio Brown. Yeah. Mysterious. Yeah. I, I, but I would even say Antonio Brown was better than him. So, oh, like, yeah. like, without a Dude, doubt. Listen, it's it's gotten really bad if you're holding any stock on Antonio Brown. But for five years, there was no one on the same planet as him when it came to wide receiver. Uh -uh. And then when you look at Michael Thomas, comes into the league, he's 23 years old. 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards a year after, 1,400 yards a year after that, 1,700 yards. Breaks the single season catch record, then he makes the big contract, and then that's when everything started. He he only plays in seven games yep. in 2020, 2021. He's out with the ankle all year, and then also the reason why I say the weirdest is, bro, no one knew where he was. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, they, they, he's, the organization couldn't get in contact with him. Doctors were. He was saying that the doctors were telling him other things and that the doctors are showing the reports and you're just saying, yeah. this, like, yo, what is happening with this dude? No, I mean, it, it was it was to the point where nobody cared. Like, especially for me and in, in my Saints community, it's just, it doesn't matter to us anymore because we have been lucky. Like, a guy like Chris Olave that we were able to snag up last year. Stud. Oh, like, Stud. what? Okay, we will permanently replace you, Michael Thomas. It's okay. Go on your little, you know, but here's the thing. For me, it's like theatrics, right? If you're going to be this secretive about everything, the show, you're, you're making the show a little bit more about you than it needs to be. So let's put you exactly where you want to be, right? You want to go to Hollywood, right? You, you're you're that, like, you know how actors, it's like they're, they're post, they, all celebrities, big time celebrities post just like how Michael Thomas posts on Instagram. Nothing about the sports ever, like, it's just like Balenciaga bags and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Pa insane pads overlooking oceans and shit. It's just like 
all right, bro, let's put you exactly where you want. The Rams would love you. Like, and I, and I not saying that he can't come back and have a phenomenal season, but I'm just done with him at the saints. And I think, I really do think the Rams could be that prime location for that dude. I know who, who else is their deep threat for the Rams? Uh, I mean, it was Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Tutu Atwell. Yeah, he he he's. I think he's going to be done with with the Saints too. Without, I think, I think they got nothing. They basically paid him that money for what he did in the years prior. Mm-hmm. It was like, yo, you were being underpaid here. That's how I would look at it if I was a Saints fan. Yes, because what you got after he got paid is is nowhere near the same production. All right, I got two more players before we got to wrap up. Khalil Mack. Hmm. Khalil Mack. He, I think, is, of all the guys that we listed, I'll be very surprised if the Chargers bring him back because he's $23 million against the cap. Hmm. And some people are saying, and there's a, there's a podcast here, Guilty as Charged, that Blue Wire, they cover the Chargers. They're saying Keenan Allen might even be a cap cut. And he has yeah. amazing chemistry with, with Justin yes. Herbert. Khalil Mack goes, you're looking at that defense a little bit different or no? I'm 100% looking at that defense different. Because it's, Khalil Mack, is, it brings a presence. I mean, like, it, it's fun watching the NFL now and understanding how much of a chess game it is and seeing the way that they utilize Bosa and Mack together. Because uh, it's deadly, dude. It's like popping a pimple, really. Like, <laughs> you, you just, you need to squeeze off both sides and, when you don't have a guy that's reliable like that, the one thing that I will say about Khalil Mack that, like, I wish this is what young Khalil Mack did better was drop out into coverage every once in a while and disrupt shit, like disrupt the flow and help defenses, like, schematically a little bit better. Now he's just straight down pass rush alley. But I don't go back to the Texans. I think the Texans got to do everything this season to ensure that they made the right choice at head coach. And I think they're giving him full reins to Miko Ryans to make plays like that. So you mentioned Frank Clark earlier. Whatever. Let's bring Khalil Mack in. That's somebody I would say is worth paying. You keep mentioning the Texans and people might be confused, but they also have the fifth most cap space in the league. So they do have this money also. Mm Mm-hmm. And isn't I do it, like I do like D'Amico Ryan's for sure. Isn't it funny when you look at because I, I probably you were probably looked at the same website, right? It's like what teams have the the least amount of cap space, right? And it's like championship winning team, teams that are competing, teams that are contending, teams that have the most cap space, always the worst. Yeah, I mean it's 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 staggering. I mean, but there are it, it, there's some teams in there that kind of like the anomalies, like the Buccaneers last year where it's just like, this is it gone wrong. You know what I mean? The Buccaneers are, I think, now the worst uh, team when it comes to cap space. Top, top three most cap space, it's Bears, Falcons, Raiders, and then my Giants, number four, I will mention. Right. And then you got your Texans, so that's your five. And then bottom five, it's Bucks, Saints, Vikings, Jaguars, Titans. I mean, the, the Jaguars... That shocks me. The Jaguars is crazy because I haven't even paid Trevor Lawrence yet. That's... <laughs> You, you got you got to make some decisions too, but they went crazy in free agency last year. Right, they went nuts, and look, they made the playoffs. They won the division, so their moves kind of worked. And Christian Kirk, 
Christian Kirk was a guy who I think is going to be an interesting case study for a lot of teams where he was the number two wide receiver. Honestly, he was the number three wide receiver when Larry Fitzgerald was there too at the tail end because mm -hmm. them two kind of overlapped. And then when D-Hop gets there, he's the number two wide receiver. And I think when Kirk got his contract, and I'm a big Christian Kirk fan, I even laughed at it too, but he absolutely delivered on that. I think guys like Brandon Ayuk, guys like T. Higgins, those kind of players that have been number twos on their teams, when they get the big contract, let's just remember before we shit on it that we felt the same way about Christian Kirk, even though I think both of those guys are better wide receivers than Christian Kirk. It's just a new market that is set. It, it restructures everything prior to you. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the failed version <clears throat> of that came from you guys. Congratulations on cutting Kenny G. Uh, because that that's it gone bad. It's what it's at least commendable when a team is like, all right, like we messed up. You know what I mean? Because that's also got to like help your. How do you feel about that? First off, you know. I mean, you just you just have to take you just have to take an L. I'm I'm much rather if if you make a decision on a player, whether it's in the draft or free agency, and it doesn't work, and immediately you could tell it doesn't work. This scenario was two years. Bro, just cut bait. Mm -hmm. Take the L on the chin. Move on. As opposed to you forcing it, trying to make it work when clearly it doesn't. I love, I'll always go back to this as we start to wrap up. I love what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. You take Josh Rosen, who I was a big Josh Rosen guy coming out. UCLA. You take Josh Rosen in the first round. And then the next year, you have the number one pick and you're in-house with Josh Rosen. We, as the Cardinals, know him better than anyone else on the outside because we see this dude every day. Mm -hmm. We know he's not the answer. Instead of trying to force it and make it a thing, we're just going to take Kyler. Rosen, you're on the bench. A year later, you're gone. Much rather do that than you trying to force Josh Rosen. And then you'd be in worse. Yeah. Thank you. Well. Yeah. Yes, well. Yeah. I, got, I got one player for you. Okay. Let's Ryan, finish up with that. Ryan Tannehill. Oh, he's gone for sure. He was gone the moment that they signed Malik Willis and they had that, oh, I'm not going to mentor him. Why am I going to mentor him? Oh, I love I love. The moment him. that happened, he was done. See ya. It, it, it was only a matter of time. See ya. I mean, Tannehill is... He's going to the Bucks. I kind of like that. He likes South Florida. I, I think Tannehill goes to the Bucks. And I when think played in Miami, so he's familiar with Florida. Okay. I had to ask you because that was a, that was one we had yeah, on the yeah, list, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I mean, he's definitely going to cut. He's a thirty-five million dollar cap hit. I think no. he's the most expensive cap hit for any quarterback this season. <laughs> no shot. So he's yeah, he's yeah. going to be done. Let's see. Let's see what happens with all these guys that we mentioned. Free agency will be. Uh, I think next week is when it's the the unofficial. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we. We're going to sign so-and-so, but then they can't announce Correct. it until the 15th. So Correct. a lot of free agency stuff coming over the next couple of weeks. Shouts to George. Check out his show. At Gridiron Junkies, ladies and gentlemen. If you like football content just like this, go follow at Gridiron Junkies on all social media platforms. I work at a podcast studio, though, and I produce a lot of podcasts. So follow me at Mr. George Carmona if you want to see some more. Veteransminimum.com is where you can find all things VM. 
Check out the UFC preview show from earlier this week with Jake Fine. He is the videographer for Aljamain Sterling and a lot of other UFC fighters. We talk about John Jones coming back. And also he has a really cool story about how he got started in content creating. And for those of you that are familiar with my stuff, you're going to see a lot of the same parallels between both of us. So enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week. Got a very special guest. I almost forgot. Boss is going to be back. He's going to be on the show. So send your questions for a people's podcast. Rate, comment, review, the whole nine, and hit us up on social media to send your questions. We'll catch you guys next time. Later.